Why did you decide that Two Brothers Project should focus on grief and gun safety? Our father was murdered um, in his front yard, and once they got everything um, for his case, the way they said that he was murdered was he was trying to go to his trunk because he's had his firearm safely stored in his trunk. And our philosophy is, had he have just gotten to his trunk in enough time, he could have potentially saved his life and defended himself. Actually, a host of people that we get emails from asking us, why do we support guns? And, you know, a lot of people are angry at the firearm when the firearm is not the one that pulled the trigger. So for us, it was about just first and foremost, educating ourselves because ignorance is not bliss, honestly. The more you know, the more you know. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of American Potential. You know, losing a family member to murder is something that leaves an emotional scar that can never fully be healed and most of us can never understand. Well, today's guest didn't just lose one family member to murder, but they lost two within two years of each other. Their first loss was when their dad was killed right after they started college. And the only advice that they received from a counselor to deal with their grief was to go home and mourn their father. It was just two years later that they lost their dad's brother, who was also murdered. And after some prayer, they decided they wanted to do something to keep their father and their uncle's legacy alive, while also supporting other families that have lost a loved one to murder. They decided to start a nonprofit called Two Brothers, a Pearson project. And the focus is on gun safety and how to cope with grief. Now, these two issues go hand in hand, and they wished during their time of grief that somebody would have been able to teach them the skills to be able to work through the process of grieving. I want to welcome to the podcast two wonderful young women who I first interviewed a few years ago after watching the story of their dad and uncle's murder on the TV show, The Murder Tapes. Welcome to two amazing young women who refuse to be victims, Cody and Kenee Pearson. Cody and Kenee, thanks for being with me. Thank thanks you for having us, Jeff. Now, I, first of all, you two, you're twins, right? Let's let's go ahead and do that. They talk, you talk almost in stereo sometimes, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to see you again. Um, and your story is so great. First of all, Tell me a little bit about Two Brothers. We're going to get into the story of, of your dad and your uncle and how this all got started. But I want to talk about the beautiful part of this story, which is Two, Two Brothers, a Pearson Project. Go ahead. Two Brothers, a Pearson Project was found after we lost our father and uncle, both due to murder by firearm. So Two Brothers is a nonprofit organization that helps bereaved families navigate through the grief press process, as well as... So we didn't tell you this. We're firearm instructors now. So um, mm -hmm. we do firearm safety and handling classes. Um, 
CCW training courses, as well as, um, I think I said home and firearm. You right. didn't. Oh, and, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. no. And peer support groups. So yes. that's what Two Brothers is all about, just education and support. I, I find that so fascinating, and I've, I've always found that fascinating about you, is you, you don't hate the firearm, right? You know that that, that was used in the commission of this, of this heinous crime or these heinous crimes, but you don't hate that. And in fact, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. You kind of wonder what would have happened if, you, if your dad had been able to use a firearm, right, to protect himself. And, and so we'll get into all of that. I want, let's talk a little bit first. I want to talk about, so you're twins. Who's the oldest? I am the oldest. I'm Cody. Uh, I'm the oldest yes. by four minutes. This is my roommate. Kane is what we like to call it. <laughs> yes, I'm Kane. I'm the youngest. And I'm baby girl, as my dad will call me, the youngest. Yeah. So is Cody pretty bossy? Oh, yeah. We're, <laughs> she's older by four minutes, and she, she swears <laughs> 14 years. About four. <laughs> About four. I'll give her four years. Yeah. There you go. Well, I love the... The uh, going through something like this is is I mean I just can't even imagine. But I imagine um, for twins, it's even more um, difficult in some ways. But it probably even pulled you even closer together. Would you say having gone gone through these tragedies? Yeah, I think so. And it's just so funny though with grief and navigating the grief process, and they have these stages of grief or what they call it. And after the denial comes anger. And the day of the funeral, my sister and I got into a fist fight. Fist fight. And we weren't angry at each other. We were just angry. And it was like, we got into a fist fight. My aunt broke it up. And then we like hugged and cried afterwards because it's just when you go through something so tumultuous, how, how you handle it is just like a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and it's great having someone that knows exactly what you're going through, the same exact time, same exact thing. So it's like we fought, but we kind of understood why. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, talk a little bit about your dad. Um, talk about what made him so great. I know when we did the last interview, I was really touched by just um, how close you were to your dad and and how much he meant to you, and and you know how difficult it, it was to have him not be in your life. Yes. Yeah, so, so, uh, <laughs> okay. I'll go. First. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, daddy was such a great guy and it's not because that was our dad, but it was just his capacity to love people. My, our dad never met a stranger and everyone he encountered, he made them feel very loved. Yes. Yes. And I personally, uh, he was my best friend and I felt like I could tell, I, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry this time, but he was my best friend. I felt like I could tell him anything. I could just, he was just always like that shoulder to cry on. Like he was the closest thing to me alongside Cody, I would say. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing lots of pictures of you both as, as young girls and um, you know, pictures with your dad and, and all of that. And that's what makes this so difficult, you know, to some people it's, you know, when I saw it on the, on the show, the murder tapes to me, I, I kind of connected with with you guys a little bit by by watching it. To a lot of people, that might just be a statistic or whatever, but it's not. I mean this this is um, this was someone who who you loved, uh, and then for it to also happen to your uncle. Talk a little bit about that too. After after your dad was killed, 
your uncle kind of stepped in, right, to kind of fill the gap a little bit uh, to because your dad was gone. He kind of became, in some ways, a little bit of a surrogate father to you, and then he was taken. Yeah, so he would always make sure, like, he showed his face so my sister and I could see him and let us know that he was present and he was here, even going through his own grieving process, because my uncle was the closest thing to my father. Absolutely. So in order, because they looked alike, they both had the bald heads, they smiled alike. So it was really rough um, just having him try to step up and be that father figure to have him taken from us as well. Yeah, it's just, it's so, so tragic. You you got, and uh, so people understand who maybe don't know, were the murders connected or completely unrelated? Completely unrelated. Yeah, completely unrelated. Our uncle's was a, crime of a mistaken identity mistaken. and our father's was a crime of passion. So, so tragic. You got, uh, you both got to have some time, some kind of one-on-one -on -one time with your dad before he was murdered. Talk about that time and, and what, what made that precious to you? I, I think for me personally, um, you don't tend to appreciate things until they're gone. And yeah. so you know, daddy had packed us up for college and we decided one twin was going to ride with mom on the way there and dad on the way there. And then we'll switch on the way back. And just like growing up as little girls, our father really loved the artist. His name was Donnell Jones and Life Jennings. And so one year for Christmas, we got gifted DVD players and a CD. And I had got the Donnell Jones CD and Kene had got the Life Jennings CD and we would listen to it on our DVD players. So during this time, as we're heading off to college, I got to and we still know we had um, MP3 players at this time and you connected it to the aux. So daddy and I rode and listened to Donnell Jones the whole way there. And then I was learned after Kene, it was learned that daddy and Kene rode home listening to Life Jennings. So it was just being able to, you know, merge those moments together. Like this is the man that introduced us to this music. And then we get to enjoy and share the same music on the way one-on-one because -on -one. Yeah. we're twins. We do everything together. We have to share everything, even our parents. So just being able to have that one-on-one -on -one time separately, it was just, I think it was meant. It, it, it was meant. It was time well spent because you can't get time back. And how how uh, long after that was your dad murdered? The next day, yes. Wow, that's just that's just incredible. Um, talk about that day, uh, the day you found out that uh, that your father had been killed. Um. Sorry. Yep. So we get moved in, packed, and uh, unpacked. You were just you were just starting college. Both of you were just off to college, correct? Yes. So we drove down that Friday. And we stayed overnight that Saturday. And so that Sunday, um, mom and dad headed back. And around mm, 4 a.m. Monday morning, but Sunday, we get a call from our oldest brother like, hey, uh, dad's been murdered. And so we have to start class in five hours at 9 a.m. And we spoke with that that night as well. He let us know he had made it home safely. We said we loved each other and we'll let him know how the first day of the semester went to hours after seeing, 24 hours after seeing him, about three hours after talking to him on the phone, he was gone. Wow. 
Can a, uh, anything to add to that? I mean, that, that's for most people that that's your first experience of college. That's just incredible. Yeah. So just being able, the first thing my dad was just so proud getting us off to school because we're the first generation college students out of his children. And, um, just going, not wanting to go back home, but wanting some support. The first thing we did was go to the college campus and go to a counselor and ask, like, hey, we just had a tragic loss. Um, do you have any, like, support, Any anything that, that could help us through this time? Because we don't want to just drop out of school. And the counselor said plainly, if I were if I were you, I would pack my things, go home and mourn the loss of your father because they live. We lived in Ohio, but we were off to school in Michigan. So it was a commute to even get home. So it just it kind of shattered us a little bit. But we still wanted to to make him proud and, and finish off, finish off the first semester strong. Yeah. And he was really excited because our dad served in the U.S. Navy and so we decided that we wanted to decorate our living room in nautical theme. So he had purchased this, Ali's outlet, he had purchased this um, lighthouse for us. And we just had boat pictures all around. He was just really excited to like watch us go off to school as well as like commemorate him a little bit in our apartment. That's incredible. Um, your dad uh, was a good man. He, he loved his country. He loved God. Uh, and he instilled all of that in you and, and doing the right thing. Um, he was, really was a great role model for you, wasn't he? Yes. Um, what was what was it like after he was gone? I, I think I may have talked to you before about this. You know, my mom died when I was 14. And I just remember going in after school for months, maybe six months afterwards. And, you know, I'd I'd come in and sometimes I'd take yeah. my backpack and I'd run in and open the door and throw it on the couch or something and go, Hey mom, or you just kind of forget that they're, that they're not there for you. How, what was that like after your dad was gone, not having him? Incomplete. We felt complete, incomplete, a, a void that just couldn't be filled by anything. And then um, we just experienced like a, a roller coaster of emotions, just trying to like grasp, not physically having him here. So it was, it was, life was what I don't, yeah, it was very insurmountable. Yeah, I, it was, I, it was very like an incomplete feeling. And, you know, of course we want to also always extend our condolences to you, Jeff, because losing a, a parent is never easy. And I just cannot imagine going through that at such a young at age. At such a young age. And like our dad had put um, like one of our utility bills in his name. And so the first utility bill came in and it has his name on it no. and we pick up the phone to call him and we can't, you know, and it, we would call honestly, but it just would ring. And we kept that piece of mail for a really long time just because we could see his name on it. It was, yeah. it was a lot. Didn't one of you have a voicemail? I kind of remember a voicemail too from your dad. Yeah, we had vo a voicemail from Daddy. Um, it's in actually in our notes somewhere. But yeah, we had a voicemail from him because uh, I spoke with him the night of before school, and he left Kene a voicemail and just was like, "Hey, baby girl, it's your dad. It's your dad. I just want to tell you good luck tomorrow on the first day of the semester. I love you. Yeah. 
have have they been able to ca- catch his his murderer? No. Even though we know, we know. Yeah. And this has been how many years ago? How how long ago was your dad killed? Eight years. And then so um, your uncle. Let's talk a little bit about your uncle. So he he sort of stepped in after your dad passed away. You said he looked like him. Probably sounds just like him a little bit. Uh, you know, raised from the same the same family, so had a lot of the same characteristics. I'm sure. Um, he kind of stepped in and tried to fill that void because your dad was gone. And then literally not even two years later, is that right? He, his life was taken in, in uh, a terrible senseless act and murder as well. Yes. And, and we had just seen him the day that he was murdered. Uh, he, he wanted to have a, 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 like a seafood fest. So he came with like lobster tails and stuff like, Hey, we're going to put these on the grill. Um, I'll be back. Well, yeah. So just for context reasons, um, our father loved seafood. Um, he was allergic to fish, but he still loved seafood. And so, and, and to just remember him around the time that we lost him, we would gather together and we would make seafood. Yeah. And so my, my uncle was always the one trying to put something get together, um, on the strength, off the strength of my father, just to commemorate him. And he was just very, he was probably the funniest man I've ever met in my life. Um, very rambunctious, very outgoing and outspoken. Yeah. Yeah, They, they looked alike, but they were complete opposites. My father was the more (laughs) mellow one, whereas my uncle was very, very outgoing extremely, and and hilarious. I really miss him. Yeah. I I remember as a little girl, we were about four or five, no, we were about six. We were at our, at our great grandmother's house and our uncle walks in and we're like, daddy. And he's like, I'm not your dad. I'm your uncle. But it's just so many similarities that they had. Yeah. And his was a case of mistaken identity, right? He was in a truck, sitting in a truck and somebody mistook him for someone else. Is that correct? Yes. yes. In Sende- our hometown, Sandusky, Ohio, he was mistaken for a guy named Lester. Has his murder been solved and and the person brought to justice? Yes. 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 He got life in prison. Well, he got 30 years plus life in prison. um, Without parole. Without parole. Without Mm -hmm. the possibility of parole. It was a a man from Cleveland. Um, He wasn't even from our hometown. And just wrong place at the wrong time. That's honestly what it was. Yeah. And he thought my uncle was somebody he wasn't. And he shot him and range point blank range yeah so sad and i want to i want people to understand that the way we met is i mean i watched the show on on the murder tapes was the name of the show and i watched the episode and i was just really struck by it. and i you know to me it was kind of my heart was kind of touched by your story um it talked about two brothers uh, as well and kind of what you've been doing there and so i i think i started you know searching for you on the internet found you. And then we uh, did an interview, a radio interview and some other things. But I really do want to talk about that because to me, that's the most amazing thing. One, I want to tell you, I, I know you know this, but you know, your dad and your uncle are so proud of of both of you and and the great young women that you've become, first and foremost. I, I, I know that they've got to just both be just really happy and smiling um, at this project, but also at, at who you've become. You now have uh, kids, right, uh, uh, of your own, and 
and I understand, uh, Cody, you maybe even have another one on the way. Is that right? I'm not yeah. breaking any news here, am I? No. <laughs> a little. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Just a little. Uh -oh. <laughs> but yeah, I am expecting a little boy. And um, we, our oldest brother, his name is Kenneth Pearson Jr. after our father. And so when my sister had my niece, we named her Kenny, K-E-N-N-I, Kenny Marie, after our father. Yes. So I was trying to figure out with us having a boy now how to, like, commemorate my father, in a sense. And so I just decided to just give him my father's middle name. Um, all three of my brothers all have my father's middle name. And then their children have the same middle name. So I kind of hopped on the bandwagon and he's he's going to have the middle name Lamont as well as our father did and our brothers and our nephews. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Well, great. Congratulations on that. But I, again, I think your dad and your uncle just smiling down on, on that. Let's talk a little bit about two brothers, a Pearson project. Um, how, how did the whole idea come about? Two brothers, a Pearson project came through heartbreak, lack of support and prayer. And so my sister and I, we went into prayer and fasting about what do we do? Where, where do we go from here? We actually had ended up leaving, dropping out of school because it just became too much. Yeah, after the, we stayed after we, our father, but then when our uncle passed, we decided to go home yeah. to be closer to family. And it just wasn't unsettling in our spirit. And we prayed about it. And on the phone one day, we said the exact same name at the exact same time. And from there, we just started out mapping what we can do to, uh, you know, of course, keep their legacy alive, but also help others navigate through the process that we've had to go through. Yeah. So they don't have to go through what we went through because it's been a long, tough journey. So we want to be able to help pick those people up who have lost someone, not just to murder, but any type of firearm tragedy, whether it's homicide, suicide, unintentional death, school shooting, or just anyone that's grieving. Uh, and I, so I understand, obviously, it's, it's obvious why you decided to focus on grief. You felt like um, families needed uh, an outlet and how to learn to grieve when they go through a tragedy like this. But, but I'm interested to know a little bit more about gun safety. Like, why did you decide to Two Brothers Project should focus on grief and gun safety? So in terms of gun safety, my sister and I had never been around firearms growing up. Uh, we were actually pretty intimidated by them, uh, to say the least. So when we had got the news that our father was murdered um, in his front yard, and once they got everything um for his case, they released his car and all his belongings. And the way they said that he was murdered was he was trying to go to his trunk because he's had his firearms safely stored in his trunk. And our philosophy is, had he have just gotten to his trunk in enough time, he could have potentially saved his life and defended himself. So after that, that was a shift in our mind. Like, Daddy had a, fi a firearm. Why Why are we afraid or intimidated by something that's used as protection that could have potentially protected him? So once we seen like, oh, daddy had a gun, 
we we should probably educate. It was about educating, educate, educate, so we can educate others. Because I know there may be people out there who are just intimidated by guns. There are. There's actually a host of people that we get emails from asking us, why do we support guns? And we tell them that guns don't kill people. People kill people. And, you know, a lot of people are angry at the firearm when the firearm is not the one that pulled the trigger. So for us, it was about just first and foremost, educating ourselves because ignorance is not bliss. Honestly, if the more, you know, the more, you know, Mm -hmm. and so with our knowledge, we plan to keep extending that knowledge to others so they won't be afraid. Because it could be used as a tool to save your life or save the life of someone around you. Yeah. Honestly, our maybe three years ago, our Thanksgiving on our maternal side, my sister came with her firearm and everyone they freaked they, out. They were in a frenzy, but it's because they were not educated on it. And I, I, I of course, I um, unloaded the magazine, but I refused to take it off my head because um, I, I, I want my family to even know the, the importance of firearms and they're not going anywhere. So. Yeah. And you focus on firearm safety, right? Guns are a part of life. They're a constitutionally protected uh, uh, right that citizens have. And so it is better for people to understand them, not have a mystique about them. So many people learn about firearms by watching the movies or whatever. And that's not a realistic view of firearms. If you don't grow up with firearms around you, that's the, that's the view you have. And so what you're trying to do is make sure that people understand firearms are very dangerous if not properly used. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, and then on, on the grief side, talk just a minute about what you do there and, and how you're helping people maybe cope with grief and the loss of a loved one. Yeah. And so we decided on grief education because throughout this process, you know, we touched on it, but we didn't have the support we needed. And we wanted to know what we can do through this grieving process, not to make it easier, but to make it more manageable. And so even after we lost both our father and uncle, again, we found ourselves in situations where people were reaching out to us asking, hey, and and it was completely unrelated to gun death. They would just have lost someone and they wanted to know, how can I get through this? What can I do to make the pain so not so unbearable? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do. We we facilitate grief support groups. as well as we have since relocating, we have had a curriculum um, created called GAGE, which is Guns and Grief Education. And so we just feel like by focusing both on safety and education, we target two aspects of the problem, right? Like we have the deaths and the injuries, but we also have the emotional trauma, which is related to that. And Guns are unchanging, as we stated, in culture, but the the scourge of violence and the impact of the trauma does not have to be, um, I guess, unaddressed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so with the education and awareness, we can create change. Yep. And our um, sessions are designed to give participants the, the skills to cope through the adversities of life, including gun violence as well. But really life is tough and we're here to support anyone 
Well, if people want to learn more about Two Brothers, where can they where can they go to find out more? So you can find us at Two Brothers, two brothers with the S, app.org. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram at Two Brothers, a Pearson Project. Yes. Or through email at the number two mm-hmm. brothers with an S, pp at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, that's great. Listen, I, this is such a such an amazing story. And again, I I I mentioned it, but I know that your dad and your uncle are so proud watching you uh, and and all the great things that you've done. But what it really shows me is you've chosen. You know, you didn't choose to be a victim. So many, so many times, something like this happens. Tragedies happen to families, and people just say, "Well, you know, woe is me," and they spiral out of out of control, and they end up in a life of poverty, misery, all those things. But you two both chose to be victors in this, that you weren't going to just be victims. You were going to be victors and um, decided that you were going to just do great things uh, based on based on the memory of your dad and your uncle. And I just couldn't be more proud of both of you. So I hope that people will go to Two Brothers and um, and and go contribute to, to the great effort that you're doing. And and I just wish you the best. Thank, well, thank you, you so That much. means it's the world. Yeah, it's always a pleasure seeing you and speaking with you. Well, I love the story of Cody and Kenei Pearson. You know, it's such a tragedy. And, you know, having lost my parents, I know what grief feels like, but I can't imagine going through something like that where you have a murder uh, and then it fo- follows up by the murder of of your uncle. It's just unspeakable tragedy. And for them to rise from that and to use really, I think, the the values that their dad taught them throughout their lives, these two young girls at the time really uh, turning into women did such a great thing and they're doing great things in their community. And that's what being an American is all about. You've heard me talk about being a victim or a victor and both Cody and Kanae really chose to be uh, chose to be victors. And that's a choice that everybody makes. And um, they sure made the right one and they're doing great things. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you joining us for this really inspiring episode of American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com. Thank you.